you know, this past week, an actual hate crime happened. And what's that sound? What's that sound in the background? Uh, that's my TV up too loud. That's King of the Hill. What <laughs> <laughs> episode? It's the one where Bobby becomes the mascot. 6 a.m. and already that boy ain't right. <laughs> it's great social commentary, especially with some of the shit that's going on right now. King of the Hill is by far one of, the, I think, the best popular or like syndicated comedy sitcom, animated one. And I think, I think, you know, I think it might be surprising that like a group of like three black guys would like, at least me, for me personally, I think that King of the Hill is way better than Simpsons, way more consistently better than The Simpsons ever was. Um, it's way better than Family Guy, of course, way better than American Dad. Uh, like of the you know I like Bob's Burgers fine but like it's better than Bob's Burgers it's a, just a great it's like the little Nas X of fucking like uh, <laughs> I fucking I fucking love King of the Hill it's like I, I, I just do that's a great show but you know but we can we can go back to that after I want I want to I hate to break up the levity of but a real hate crime happened in the past week and no one is talking about it and I think that we have to uh, you know and by that I mean one of the most uh, uh one, of, one of the most prominent members of one of the most marginalized groups in America was assaulted while uh doing outreach work and uh, of course I'm talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger yes no uh champion I, of the I, lifting community um entrepreneur philanthropist um <laughs> you know prominent prominent vocal advocate of lifting and the lifting arts was a new kicked. sponsor of the discord no <laughs> new sponsor of discourse uh i will say honestly his supplements taste like shit uh, like, <laughs> they don't, they don't, like you know joking aside his supplements don't buy them they taste they taste bad they taste bad by supplement standards but anyway uh back to the bit um he was he was assaulted while doing outreach work in south africa you know south africa the haven of bigotry that it is uh, was not satisfied with picking on the obviously less marginalized group of black South Africans. They decided to go after the traditionally marginalized group. The, the more, you know, you, you can't rank oppressions, but if I had, if, if I'm going to, um, I would definitely put like as, as, a, as an intersectional, I'm, I'm intersectional if you, if you will. <laughs> as an intersectional. As an intersectional. Um, being a lifter is approximately 37.56 times harder than being black in America. And I'll tell you how, and, I, and I'll tell you how I know that because like when that motherfucker drop kicked on Schwarzenegger, people were sharing the videos, laughing, making little Terminator memes about it. Ha ha ha. You know, like look at, look at this lifting. Where, where, where is the lifting version of Sean King? If a, if a, if, if a motherfucker had drop kicked Cornell West like that, people would not be laughing. Sean King would have one of his long ass like block uh, tweets that takes up your entire timeline about like about hatred. But when it's but when it's a lifter, when it's a lifter, so suddenly it's all funny. You couldn't do that to a gamer either. Gamers cry a lot, you know. But I, I it, it's it's fine. You know, it's fine. I, I don't want I don't want to be accused of get, engaging in id poll uh, by uh, by like. But I, I will say this, you know. Uh, f- fuck that. I will say this. One day we will take over, and our brain will be. <laughs> Back to back to politics. Um, this nigga needs some milk. I think you you did actually raise an important point that the theme of mediocrity and the celebration of mediocrity within colonized countries, and specific the United States, and how 
there's a recognition uh, by those that were previously, like you said, uh, you used the phrase, you know, like would have been hotter than Le- LeBron James. Uh, they're, they're cognizant of that. They're aware that, that the world around them is changing and that uh, what used to be considered, uh, you know, peak performance or uh, the best uh, by de facto by their whiteness is being challenged by people that are more qualified or capable uh, both domestically and then also from uh, immigrants from uh, around the world and that recognition is unsettling and they this is what happens when that recognition happens and it uh, it's happened before and this is a, a, a hard crystallization of what's been transpiring for decades and the example that i like to use is basketball if you look at the like 1950s uh, minnesota lakers championship team uh those guys thought they were the best people at basketball but really what happened was we had a set of selection biases and uh you know a system to screen out uh people that were more qualified or capable at playing the game and now you look at the 2010 uh, Lakers championship team or whatever and it, it looks very different than the 1950s championship Lakers team and it's not because of some sort of genetic uh, mutation that took place in the last few decades but uh, because of uh, changes in what was both uh, I what was idealized back then the being average was the ideal and so they looked for basketball players that had an average physique uh, you know average build and not not too bulky not too tall not too short and they realized uh, and this has happened in a variety of sports and other industries that uh, being more like specified bodies work better so longer arms taller bodies uh, you know more muscular builds eventually in like and started changing what they were looking for and so all those guys that would have been you know the the varsity uh, basketball player and then moved on to the pros and been celebrated as you know a, a peak performer is now just mediocre and average in in today's society and that is incredibly unsettling for a lot of people and especially the the more contingent on the the system that your mediocrity being celebrated is well, I mean, yeah, like every ba- every professional basketball team, maybe every professional sports team, I'm not a big sports guy, is approximately like five incredibly muscular black dudes and like one white guy uh, who, who's like who's always like slightly less in shape than they are. And, you know, you know, like he might be fine as a game. But at the end of the day, like if you were to just show that it looks like a fucking like, I don't know, you, you could basically put like. Like a like a blackraw.com fucking um uh logo at the bottom of any like any photo of like a basketball of a modern basketball team like oh yeah okay I see I see like they're you know like they're they're expanding their you know they're expanding their uh their library of content to appeal to not only you know the straight watchers but also uh, the LGBTQ community I dig that you know you know like I believe in being inclusive but. Uh, I guess we're gonna talk a little bit about racism today because we're gonna talk about the, the Bernie fried chicken photo because I because I think that was a, a great photo. Wait, that was a thing. Yeah, did you not see the Bernie fried chicken photo? Nigga, nah. Oh, okay. So like, it was like a minor thing. So like, I'll put this way, right? So to finish my thought about what I was gonna say before, and you know, if you think about racism, if you think about like sexism, of course they're different things. Like they're different, they're different like social material structures. But the primary like sort of function of a lot of these things was to like shrink the distance and achievement between like 
white males at the bottom of like the the social desirability uh, and material hierarchy with their sort with those at the top of it and make them sort of better than people of color, better than fucking women, better than anybody who wasn't like you know you're you know better than non Christians, better than uh, LGBTQ white people, whatever. And like a lot of the reactions people are having now, especially when it comes to like the politics of desirability, social desirability, the politics of like this perceived assault on traditional traditional masculinity which is like everyone on the far right who like claims to be like so upset by the by the loss of like traditional masculinity are like a bunch of doughy five foot five like fuck boys it's like like you know like if we were to really sort of go back to like what makes people tra- you know based on their own like kind of race neutral definition they never say oh being white makes you traditionally attractive they're like oh like we're like everyone's t- taking too much estrogen because they're eating too much soy and that's why i'm on the, like the raw carnivore diet the raw carnivore diet because you know because vegetables are for pussies and i haven't taken a shit in 17 days it's like if we were to ask you to like judge them based on their own standards like not body shame right but like just judge them based on their own standards it's like it's no wonder that no one wants to fuck them forget their personality right their personalities are garbage their politics are garbage but they're also like a very unfortunate looking group of people it's like there's no one on the far right there you know who even objectively speaking is in any way fuckable have you seen jordan peterson it's like he's like a fucking skeleton uh but like what they like but this is like anything else right like when they claim to hate this sort of like you know affirmative action when they claim to hate you know this sort of the loss of the meritocracy they're not complaining about like the loss of the meritocracy they're complaining about they're complaining about the plausible deniability being gone that we have a, a meritocracy it's like we know that affirmative action you know as an example didn't really solve any problems right like we know it didn't like correct any of the injustices you know forget you know even forgetting to critique that affirmative action as it exists now without universal health care, without universal sort of free public college, without any of these other sort of bucket of solution that correct the problem that we have. It's like, it's just like, a, in many ways, a, a fair critique of it. Like it's a neoliberal solution. It's an elitist solution that kind of reaffirms the exact same standards we have, but makes them a little bit less, makes them a little bit more inclusive. And I mean a little bit more inclusive. Like, they're just complaining about the fact that, like, there are, there are things in place, whether they be, like, actual formal policies or just like the existence of uh, the hottest man of the year being i don't know anthony mackie although he has a weird shaped head uh you know being like an anthony mackie or a chance the rapper or just like you know that that like that if you happen to be in like the top one percent of black people you can outpace the the bottom 50 60 70 80 not percent of white people but like it's like it really is that like the little bits of cracks in the system that's why they're so mad at jesse smollett too it's like you know i think that as leftists we have always criticized the ability for people who have a lot of money to like be able to insulate themselves from the criminal justice system but like this very rarely happens to black people it's like i personally like i know a lot of people came out can you believe that that some people believe the cops that just that you know when they said jesse smollett was lying like i don't really care like i have the moral fortitude to come out and say like i hope he did commit crimes and got away with them it's like i definitely feel that way it's just like i hope that jesse smollett commits more crimes and gets away with them i hope he runs for president under like in 2020 or i don't know how old he is maybe 2024 2000. 28 and it's just like jesse smollett slash crime you know backslash crime 2020 like his running mate is just like the personification of crime but the idea that like a black person could have you know be plausibly 
guilty of a crime and get away with it because they have a lot of money and fame and elite status it like it fucking blew their mind they, they just they, they just suddenly decided that the exactly. justice system didn't no, work anymore uh, i've just been reading uh go ahead but, but it's an anomaly too like it's like it's not a thing that happens all the time like this is like a fringe case but even the existence of like fringe cases where like you're able to like escape the naturalized sort of hierarchies that they are so invested in pretending don't exist uh like it freaks uh, yeah, them out no, i was just saying I, i've been reading a colonizer and colonized and it's been enlightening on this exact topic and uh, a lot of what i've been uh, gathering from it is uh, essentially what you've been describing and talking about here and uh, it's uses a little bit different language but essentially that uh, this uh, the recognition and then that uh, decline of the celebration of mediocrity uh, is a threat to colonialism as a as a operating system and so they're reacting and defending that system that celebrates their mediocrity in such ways that they're able to enjoy the lives that they have and so it, it makes rational self it, it, it's a rational self-interested uh, position from at least in the near and short term and uh, somewhat uh, immorally or amorally but uh, the position that they're operating is the system has made them what they are in part and rather than recognize that that system is unjust and uh, essentially they've usurped that position from somebody more qualified or capable uh, it's a lot easier to defend the righteousness and justice of that system and the savagery of the people it uh, oppresses well not only is it unjust or i guess a better word for like for my, my perspective is like unfair uh i, I kind of think that fairness in some sense like in this particular context is like it's it's a very it's a very sort of it's true it is unfair and it is unjust and it does result in you know the subjugation of a lot of subpopulations of the country uh you know women men uh, of color people of color uh, broadly speaking indigenous people like lgbt mm -hmm. community but it's also suicidal right you know so many of the problems that we have today uh that could be ease could be not could be more effectively organized against like it's you know, like are derailed by racial issues in ways that don't necessarily make sense. At the same time, you know, a lot of times people insist that a lot of policies would be de derailed by racial issues without ever bringing them to like to the field. They go like, oh, you know, if we were to do free college, you know, I, I think this is like a Democratic Party strategy. Like if we were to do free college, uh, you know, white people would vote against it because, uh, you know, essentially because essentially because like black people would get it which you know i think there's a kernel of truth there i think i think there's like more than a kernel of truth there. i think we've seen it in the past uh you know with the welfare queen narrative at the same time you know you see the most say like well if if we were to bring forward free college you know for, you know free college uh you know it would unfairly benefit the upper middle class and rich people it's like in both senses of the word you know i, I say well i say it makes this like a neoliberal understanding of things it's like no matter who you claim uh will no, no matter what no matter what population you claim is going to be offended by another population benefiting from it it's all predicated on this idea we can't we can't have nice universal things because like the wrong segments of our population would get it and i don't mean that i don't mean to make like an actual like one-to-one -one parallel between like people of color and the welfare queen narrative and the racialized history of like social service programs and like the idea that people don't want rich people to you know 
rich people who already more or less get uh, an unfair amount of advantages from both society by nature of their birth, but also just by the our you know lackadaisical taxing system. Like, I, I'm not comparing them in terms of like they're, they're like their plight or like their deservedness of you know getting things, but in some ways I'm like saying, hey, you know what? All of this is based on like a like a neoliberal understanding of the world, like and that, but I mean like an individualized zero sum game version of the way society functions. You know, a lot of this stuff is like a, is a murder suicide pact. It's like, hey, you know what? Like we're gonna use everything we can to derail the like derail this conversation and make sure that it does not reach the floor. But uh, you know. I don't like to defend white people because, you know, more or less, uh, they smell funny. But uh, at the end of the day, I think the Democratic Party gets away with not offering a lot of structural solutions, not even sort of really broaching them under the idea that, hey, you know, if we did it, the white working class, you know, white working class, which is, a, is a, in, in many ways a reductive narrative of the working class, because like they wish they do purposely, I would say, is like is so racist that they are willing to literally like kill themselves to prevent like black people from having things and i would say they're the few people who are like that who i pro- who i could like definitely believe are like that but i don't think that there's enough people to frame your entire political strategy around like i don't think there's enough people who are i don't think like i don't think there are enough people who are so racist and so stupid and so entirely intransigent against the idea of like hey you know what yeah some black people are going to get some shit but like you're not going to die in poverty if you if you break your leg you know you're like you're not gonna die in poverty if you know if like you happen to get cancer you're like you're not going to like you're like your kids aren't going to leave you know like your your post-industrial town is not going to like continue to have like a negative birth rate because like every or rather a negative population rate because everyone's moving away like i think that a lot of times this is just like in like a little bit of sleight of hand by like neoliberals to avoid having to actually a make arguments that they don't really believe in which are like society can be benefited by structural programs and b to just like more or less disguise the fact that they don't want to do those things right i think that you know like racism is real and of course it's real like i I, even though i was you know i was at one point on the far right before i was exiled for believing in the holocaust and age of consent laws uh you know i'm I'm a reformed right i'm a reformed uh, right person like they're they're just so much for the tolerant right it's like they're like there is there is uh there is a sort of kernel of truth to use the same phrase twice the democratic party is just not particularly very like they do they do a lot to stoke white grievance politics too for different reasons right you know they do it because they claim it's pragmatic versus the republican party who does it because they claim it's like because it's, you know they're obviously just racist ideologues i mean well both parties are racist but like one party says they have to be racist because if they don't if they're not racist enough they'll lose the other party's like no we just like racism <laughs> you know, like we we just we just enjoy doing racisms. But seriously, did you not see the the Bernie Sanders? Uh, not, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking try to make a transition from that. Did you, I mean, it's, 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 it's like sort of related. Did you not see the Bernie Sanders fried chicken photo? He was at a fried chicken restaurant, and like that made you know, like in in, in Columbia, South Carolina, which is ironically you know, or coincidentally rather where my family is from. He was at a fried chicken restaurant, Columbia, front. Like he was obviously holding the food and posing with the chef, and like it's the kind of unfortunate photo op that you like. That, that happens right you know just like that that photo op where like pete Buttigieg was like shaking hands with that black woman who was like behind the bars of like a fucking of like the 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 nta train station right after he said that you know people in prison shouldn't vote it's like that kind of stuff happens right you know like 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 it's 
like it's within what I would consider to be like the bounds of corny shit that happens often to white people that make them look fucking racist, even if it's just, like an accident. And like, and I think that we all live, you know, not necessarily with the fear of like doing something like corny that gets you described as racist. Cause I mean, that doesn't happen to me, obviously. Or I mean, it has. I think that there is a certain amount of like being on the left that the right does not necessarily have where like you are aware that there are a lot of landmines out there that you might step on uh that ultimately i wish i think makes you a better person like being aware that you know that their people have feelings that you have some sort of responsibility for the the well-being of the people around yeah. you but then also like there are times where you actually like happen to like you know you happen to engage in tropes and you go oh fuck this, like in hindsight this was a this was a bad this was a bad this is a bad look but like mm-hmm. for me and this is not to make excuses for sanders it's like the only people who seem to like really care like who i feel like really sort of digging deep into it were like the fucking democratic party like rank and file and like and i'm not really interested in like I'm not really interested in hearing from them about like what is and is not racism. And like, you know, I'm interested mm-hmm. in hearing from like the far left, like our ideas about like the Bernie Sanders campaign and like, you know, the, the places where it's lacking both in racial and gender and fucking, uh, you know, foreign policy, especially. But I'm not interested in hearing from the party of people that, you know, two years ago more or less supported a candidate who was like who had slaves you know and you know and i feel comfortable saying that hillary clinton had slaves um you know in that she had prison labor because frankly speaking and it feels like it happened within a a, a, a six-month period but it feels like six months before we found out that hillary clinton had slaves the movie 13th came out by ava duvernay do you remember that movie 13th Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and it feels, you know, and I say it feels because I'm sort of hedging my bets because I don't want people to like yeah, that didn't happen. But like, it feels like for maybe about six, three, five, any number of months, let's say less than half a year, uh, every liberal who watched fucking Ava DuVernay's 13th was like, prison is slavery. You know, prison labor is wrong. It's like, did you know mm-hmm. that the 13th Amendment, you know, basically says that slavery is okay if you happen to be a prisoner? And like, and that's terrible. Like, can you believe, you know, like, the prison industrial complex is like a fucking racialized... No, a racialized profit fucking t- a profiteering racket like, i can't believe that this happened in the country then like within about six months they found out that their favorite fucking like you know their their favorite politician was in on it that like you know that that clinton was in on it and that joe biden wrote the mm-hmm. crime bill and like basically invented fucking mass incarceration and they were like you know bill clinton took his photo in front of prisoners yeah of course it is make america great again speech too yeah i mean and it, and it, and it feels like right after that they suddenly fucking were like oh you know what is slavery actually you know like uh like is it is it is it real slavery if you have the choice to be involved in in like in unpaid labor or you get to sit in a, a cold dark six by six room and like with no entertainment for for you know for 40 years like it so i don't know maybe we should consult kanye and see what i he personally thinks. think that it's offensive to the real slaves out there you know the 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 real actual slaves of the youth you know of, of the 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 bygone era to compare prison labor to slavery also they don't they shouldn't be allowed to vote you're like 
with the caveat that we did actually open up a lib or a slave market in Libya by you know removing Gaddafi and all that. I, but, yeah. I don't know who you mean by we. Like I were you were you, were you in the Clinton <laughs> the State Department? I wasn't. <laughs> like I mean like America did, and I'm an American, yeah. but like you know, and I'm I feel like I'm guilty of a lot of things as an American, but like that one I think we can safely put like out of my hands it's just like fair like enough that, that, that one seemed more targeted towards a specific pe- a specific person yeah they, they definitely had some some planning and orchestrating that was beyond our scope of but, control, I mean, but I mean sure. even like even for that, that that little like that little bit of time where like liberals like because i think most of the people who i was engaging with at that time because it was probably before i came on twitter you know, to be whatever the fuck i am now like it feels like most people i was engaging with were like democrats who were like surprised by this and so i'm not one of those people who's like hey you know what how dare you not know something because like there's lots of shit that i don't know that that's, that's fucked up right you know because that's just the way things are you can't be you can't be you can't know everything right but like it I think that really validates one of the things I've I, I felt for you know a very long time. I've argued like, the average American, forget the average Democrat or average like you know or average Republican or whatever, it has instinctually better politics than like than the average politician or the average media person. And a lot of times, if you just catch them with some shit like like on the street, you know, unless it's like a math test or like a test about should we you know should we use Arabic numbers or some shit, like then, then, then probably not. But like if you catch them like on the street, like hey, do you think that people who are arrested of crimes should be fucking made to work for like you know made to work? Uh, for un like, made to work for like a dollar a day, putting out fucking forest fires and provide no health insurance, and also be for- to forced to like give birth in a cold dark cell while shackled to a fucking the fucking floor. They'd probably say like no, like no, I don't think that's a good thing. You know, maybe, probably even a lot of Republicans would say like no, I don't think that's a good thing, right? I mean, I, I look back to some of the 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 things that they cheered for in 2016 was like hey we shouldn't have americans dying on the street this is america yeah like that narrative is kind of like jingoistic and american exceptionalism but like they but they still believed it and they still were like hey you know americans shouldn't die in the streets uh but then like you sort of once you sort of put them within the context of hey with but within this two-party system some people believe that maybe prison slavery like isn't so bad and like some people you know and those people happen to be in both parties <laughs> I had something, but I lost. Well, I mean, I only said to say this: it's like Bernie Sanders had the, chi- the the fried chicken photo, right? And it, it it comes across as kind of like quaint and corny, and like, ha, that's fucked up. Don't do that to me. You, but I really don't care. But like, the people who are like all up his ass about it are like the same people who come out and like Bernie has a rally, and they like they they like they freeze frame every three seconds to count how many black people are in the crowd. It's like mm-hmm. they like their understanding of what constitutes racism is so fucking shallow and so stupid and so entirely dependent on like ideological not even ideological affinity but like group like group belonging to like democrats that like if that i just and, it, and i know this is like the lowest form of co- the lowest form of like criticism like hey but what if x person did it or what if, if, if this happened to x group but like it's so it's so hard not to make that argument for like situations where like people whether it be people of color it'd be like black people who are like trying to ingratiate themselves with like the, the democratic party or they just be like you know your everyday average democrat who's like you know who's like calling nancy pelosi suge knight slay queen it's like it's hard to take them seriously even when they even make decent ish points which is very rarely 
because like you just know that if he was if, if he was just a democrat and he did not run against Hillary clinton they would not give a shit i mean we got 20 some odd candidates out there and it just it one it demonstrates how how suppressed the potential candidate pool was in 2016 and like how much resistance bernie had to get through to even uh, mount a campaign in the first place but then uh, as well you've got this kind of construction where you know the focusing on bernie the bernie in a fried in fried chicken in a photo is takes precedence over the either the crime bill from biden or and then which can't be raised up without mentioning bernie's role in it as well or then uh the other structural issues that are much more destructive to uh, for black americans than uh something like a, fry, a photo with bernie and a black man in fried chicken and uh, with the if somebody else did it is like i don't think that photo would really be any better if cory booker was in it you know or if kamala harris was in it like to me it would be the same type of photo it's just it would look a little bit less uh, obnoxious but then i also looked at some of the other angles of the photo and there's just also a practical issue of he's like the he he's standing in front of the chicken and the the next closest item is like beans so it's like it makes sense if you're going to take a picture of both the food and the person who cooked it that you would pick the item that you can hold in your hand and not the spoon is like so if you're going to actually dive into it and, and really you know parse out every little aspect of it and whether it's right and all those types of things is like you end up coming to the conclusion that it's actually it was just a you know a mistake that was made you know like a an unforced error of optics not a a, a, a overtly well, like offensive uh, uh deed and it's and if Bernie were to take a photo with a black person and a piece of fried chicken every day from now till the election, that wouldn't do a fraction of the damage to for to black people that, you know, defending Joe Biden, advocating Kamala Harris or, you know, defending the policies that they put forward or any of the other candidates will do and does every day. So it's it like the impact if you're if you're. I like you said, I can't take it seriously when you the things that are actually impacting the day to day life of black people in dramatically negative ways don't get a fraction of the attention as a, something that's politically expedient for you to pay attention to, like the number of black people at a Bernie rally or a photo with fried chicken and a black man like that. That is it's upsetting. And, and the problem for me is like we've been on a, a on a stage where we've always had this uh, thought that, well, you know, we're slowly moving towards progress. You know, the 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 arc of justice or the, you know, uh, the arc bends towards justice and all these types of things. But we're on a deadline. We we're on a deadline. We don't have 20, 30, 40, 50 years to to sort through it and to make the kind of progress that we've made in the last 50 years. That's that's not an option that leads to extinction. So, like, we, if Democrats are going to be going to take the positions they are, they have to address that issue. And there isn't one. There isn't a way for them to address that issue. And so it's hard for me to even be involved or engaged in party politics when they're both essentially you know, arguing over the, the color we're going to paint the house while it burns down. This might sound like silly and shitty, but like it was a cute little photo, right? Like like Bernie, Bernie comes across mm -hmm. as earnest a lot. You know, like he has a very earnest, expressive face. Like it was obviously a photo op, but like, but in it being obviously a photo, but like the, the way that it was obviously a photo op made it seem so like authentic. Like he was posing with the guy to take the photo. Like it was a photo op. It's like, it wasn't like, 
And you say like you know if other kids had done the fresh thing, other kids have done the fresh thing. Do you have you forgotten the oh, fucking yeah. The, yeah. the hot sauce? Right. <laughs> have you forgotten the hot? Which again. I don't even find offensive because it's not even a real thing. It's like that's not even a, that's not even a real stereotype people associate with black people. That's just a made up shit that like that, that, that's like some that some like random bougie black staffer on the Clinton campaign like she's like oh what like I don't know like blacks on TV like spicy food like then like other blacks probably have hot sauce like so like someone asked like Loquisha like you know like random black intern Loquisha what black people liked and she was like hot sauce and they're like oh Loquisha like, knows because there ain't never nothing with any flavor in the office so she got to put it on anything to get any flavor out of it <laughs> but loquisha wouldn't even fucking know because loquisha like was raised by that was pro- is probably the daughter of like a doctor and of like like a fucking like neurosurgeon and a fucking like a college professor and like she hasn't been to the hood in, in ever but like she got that job because like she's able to index blackness on her fucking like her, her resume and become the, the voice of blackness and whoever you know I, I, and like in whatever campaign she's working on and, like, and I think like that's like that's one of the issues we have here, where it's just like the the people who are like I think people who are outside of the black community or who aren't black think that the people who are advising like the these candidates on like the black things to do are not black, right? Like like but they are black. They're just they're just not like you know I, they just ain't niggas. <laughs> like, they just, it's, it's like I like I you know again I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. I I asked my grandmother about like do like do people like do black people put hot sauce on collard greens? She was like, I guess some do. It's just like I, I like, it's like you know it's not a common thing, but it happens. Like, so like it's hard to be offended by that because like, you know it's not like she's. If you know, the like, greens need hot sauce, those are poorly made greens. I mean, like in my family, we, we put like bacon in it, right? You, you put bacon or some kind of pig product, uh, you know, right, fat neck bones, pork, shit like that. Yeah. I don't like with neck but I prefer like pork belly, like a pork belly or some sort of like you know a little bit of any little bit. It's not important, right? I, I I'm, not, I'm not a Muslim. I don't need I don't need to give up the give up the swine. I will say this though. I wish Bernie had just come out and like when they when they critiqued that fucking photo, he had been like last name Sanders, first name Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a killer tweet. I mean, like he he would it wouldn't have gone over well, but it would have been funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would have it would have hit a certain crowd, but probably not the the masses he needs to target. <laughs> it would have amused me personally, like it would have personally amused me. Which is how all presidents should uh, run their campaign is to amuse me personally, in my personal opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I mean, like if you're gonna pander, but like, if you're gonna pander, like you know, like shit, like do like do something fun, like like have fun with it. Like, you know, c- come out on stage to I don't know to uh, to a Dipset song. Like, they make up, crazy. make up that you were smoking weed, listening to Tupac back in college or something. You know, do something. Make up that you stabbed <laughs> that you stabbed someone fourteen times. <laughs> oh, and damn. then when they, and then when, and then when you know, and then when they ask you, like to like to tell you know, and then when you like you tell that story, which like, which any reasonable person would like ask a follow-up question about like why aren't you in jail or like or like hey is that why um, you chose to become a surgeon <laughs> it's like is that why you have that dead ass look in your eyes when everyone's asking you a question because you you've looked death in the face yeah. <laughs> it's like ben carson is doing a fucking terrible job people who i know who like work in housing like gonna do housing organizing oh, yeah. and that kind of sh- that kind of work it's like they like he's doing a terrible job uh he's like he's actually he's actively again he's actively materially affecting the society that you know like the 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 lives of millions of people who rely on hud people you know public housing nycha etc no i guess nycha is the the new york city version of that 
but again you know like this entire devaluation of like that kind of like that version of politics like you know the power aspect of it it's both like the symbolic i'm holding fried chicken aspect or in his case i'm giving out oreos aspect of it um it's like is a problem that like we like that like we we we're, we're trying to combat, you know like we're trying to combat and, I, and I've mentioned this before that like you know people are going to be people there's going to probably be a lot of autopsies of Elizabeth Warren of Elizabeth Warren's like failure to do better in this primary because people are saying that she's going to pull votes from Bernie Sanders, a few. A few, but I honestly think that despite their despite their similarities in policies, she's not going to pull as many as people think she is. I think people I don't I think people just really aren't feeling feeling Elizabeth Warren, probably because like all of her policies, like well not all of her policies, like the the I want to say eighty percent of her policies are like pretty good to to like great, you know they would have a real effect. And then like that the like the last twenty percent is just like. We're going like in order to reduce like police brutality against black people, like we're going to pay cops for every black person that they don't shoot, uh, an extra thousand dollars, and for every black person that they do shoot, we're gonna like take away their tank privileges for the fucking week. It's just like that, like that, like you get those kind of policies. Yeah, and, every, and all of her good and policies so not, are nothing that you wouldn't imagine that Bernie would support if it were proposed from the Senate and sent to his desk if he was president. Of course. I mean, but she's not really building a movement. She's like, she's trying to like, she's trying to curtail the, the excesses of capitalism. So like, in many ways, I think that like every Democratic candidate running and by everyone running, I mean, the ones I can remember, uh, which is about five, five of the 17,000 and 50 that are running, like, in some way is like, embodies an aspect of the democratic party and you know in more and more in one or more ways right i think elizabeth warren and this might be sort of an asinine thing to say but i'm gonna say it anyway elizabeth warren really is the best that they can do she is the apex of liberal politics liberal policy uh fdr democrat fdr democracy fdr like i know what it takes to curb in bankers i know what the i know what it takes to curb in uh I know it takes the curb in bankers. I know it takes the curb in the Wall Street. I know what it you know takes the cur- curtail, you know the uh, the the tech industry, you know. And I'm going to put that forward as a list of comprehensive policies. It, you know, that's just that that that's what you would think that you would want, right? If you're trying to prove that your party is not just a, a fucking consultancy scam. Uh, you have you have Beto O'Rourke, noted Irishman, uh, who. Is essentially like that aspect of the Democratic Party that does not understand that they're only popular because the other party is so fucking terrible. It's just like he he really is that. I think I've said it before. Like Beto O'Rourke really is just that weird belief that Democratic Party has in themselves that they are actually very popular. When in reality, it's just people fucking hate Republicans. It's like and they hate them for a variety of reasons. But like they the Republicans are just so deeply unpopular that the Democratic Party is able to, to cobble together a coalition that makes them a viable can a viable party. Even though like they are also deeply unpopular. And then you have like, you know, I don't know Buddha geek, he's he's something. I don't know. He's like, he's like, he's like their their id or ego or super ego. I, I'm not. I, I don't know Freud. Fuck him. Uh, but I will say, I actually. This is gonna sound weird. I I've actually come to appreciate Joe Biden a lot more in the in the past in the past few weeks. Uh, I I've come to appreciate him a lot more. Not not like him. I think I I don't mean like. What I appreciate about Joe Biden is that 
Joe Biden is just an like, he is very he's like a vehicle for everyone to start understanding just how fucking facile and vapid the idea that the Democratic Party didn't know what they were doing 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, last week that they that they've somehow evolved since last week. Just how how vapid that actually is, because like I remember like there was like a, a tweet because Brie tweeted out something about hey you know what the, one of the reasons I like I like working for Bernie Sanders is because like you can find video of him from 30 20 years ago basically saying the same thing he has been saying you know he's saying today within one or two degrees I mean obviously he was a little bit more radical in the, the 80s when he was like fucking supporting the Sandinistas and shit but like hey whatever you know like some, we, some of us mellow out when we get older some of us like Mike Gravel get a little bit more radical it happens um but like it's sad that that kind of consistency of like just ideology and of practice and thought is so rare as to be like an actual i would say an actual uh an an actual i would say a appealing aspect of his candidacy to the point which is like yeah it makes me want to vote for him more because even if i don't agree with him on everything that he's he's saying now it's like i think that he is consistent on those things i'm not left guessing as to what he believes and alternatively you have the other 20 or so candidates who again i don't i'm not going to learn because they're going to start dropping like flies as soon as we get to iowa uh and like you can pull video of some of them from like last week like saying shit that is completely out of line with like what the democratic party's professed values are what makes biden special is that like you have people out there who have been trained because again going back to the sort of the 13th discussion instinctually they know a lot of the democratic party did mm. was shitty yes. the crime bill was shitty like it, it's just it's just completely out of line with you know with their, their professed values a lot of them you know didn't know about it because like they did they, they were sort of only engaging in politics either they're new to politics because they were radicalized or sort of they were awoken to the probably a better word to the, like the to the realities of politics being important by the trump candidacy uh, you know, or they 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 just they they so they they really just didn't have any idea what the Democratic Party was doing for the past thirty years, and so like a lot of stuff that they were doing is just so out of step with like the if vague theoretically strong positions of their liberal voters like hey racism is bad right you know that's vague but it's it's strong it's a strong statement racism is bad yeah and hold that pretty strongly at least as much as they can in their ideology like that that yeah good well yeah i mean they might i mean they might not know they might not know like the proper way to fight it which is why they look to like politicians to tell them right and so Mm -hmm. but you know so like but they instinctually know hey racism is bad and you can sell me a lot of shit like hey the the way to fight racism is to say you know make it make it so that jay-z pays less taxes you know you you might be able to sell a few of them that shit but like you can't really sell them you know joe biden saying that like he got tested for hiv or some shit uh or that super predators etc you know 
is good, right? You, you can't you can't sell them some things. It's like you know, like you have to instead pretend that you've evolved on things. You say, okay, well, yeah, I understand that like the things I did when it revolved around like mm-hmm. Anita Hill or racism or whatever, were like you know that you know were bad. Like you know they look bad currently. It's just sort of like the, the like you know we have to think about the 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 realities, the context, the time thing. But I've evolved since then, right? You know, look at Kamala Harris. You know, there's there's video of her for like six months ago uh basically laughing about putting like uh black women in my black single mothers in jail and like now she's like well you know i believe that the prison industrial complex is unfairly burdening the black community again right sure are (laughs) like you you sure did do that congratulations you like you know are are you waiting for an award for your role in that or I, I'm like I'm like yeah. I mean, you should maybe you should have done something when you were the prison industrial complex. I don't know what fuck. Anyway, but like either they don't they don't acknowledge it. Like they, they have the they have like the the self awareness. Like, yeah, I'm not going to acknowledge those things because they're so out of line with what I'm saying now. Or they just like they they say that I evolved. Like Obama evolved on gay marriage. Like you know who knows what he really believed, but he evolved on it. Uh, is he going to tell us what made him evolve besides like poll numbers? Of course not. But like you know they pretend they evolved. That sounds nice. I mean, it's like I mean, what comes to my mind is stop and frisk in New York. Is like that that was an egregious uh, abuse of people's Fourth Amendment rights, and neither Republicans or Democrats really came to anybody's defense until like they had literally stopped more black young black men than there were in the city. Which 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 tells you a lot because it's like that means that they were really like so like that sounds like silly because so like that like that sounds like a joke but if you think about it that means like there was like a class element to this because when i was in new york city and they were doing stopping for us like i was going to like expensive schools and like dressed like a fucking like yuppie piece of shit and it's so, like they were so like they yeah they were like you know, it, it's all interesting when like the person that the cops happen to beat is like a rich black lawyer or like a black tennis player but that means like not only were they stopping like more black people who lived in new york city that that was also like a function of class so let's say that you know they stopped two million they stopped they made two million stops of black men in new york city and there are one million black men in new york city that doesn't mean that they stopped every like that they stopped every black person regardless of class twice that means that they probably stopped like a hundred thousand incredibly poor black people right? 10 times versus which is like which is kind of worse maybe i don't it know it certainly feels like i mean it feels like all of the oppressive police state you know mumbo jumbo that you get from the far right being actualized in people's lives but ignored by the same people that say that we have to be so vigilant against it it's no milkshake it's no it's no having a milkshake thrown <laughs> on you so you know you, you can't you can't expect the back to my biden points like what i like about biden is that like Democratic Party operatives, you know, they're rank and file liberals, like who otherwise would be against the things, you know, probably instinctually against the things if you explain what happened to them, you know, more or less. I maybe I have too much faith in them. It's like they have become so conditioned to like sort of parrot this narrative that like that they've evolved. Like, hey, Democratic Party has evolved. Like they've evolved. They did this because it was practical and they would have lost, you know, post Reagan. Uh, you know, the country was a lot more racist and like, you know, it was a lot less woke back then. So the Democratic Party had to do it. Uh and so, but they've evolved now. Like now they can go back to being who they really are, which is the party of like LGBTQ rights and black rights and fucking Malcolm X and Martin King Jr. and Thomas Sankara and I don't know. Who else did they assassinate? I'm sorry uh uh fred hampton um the hamburglar and uh ronald mcdonald's slow friend grimace uh, <laughs> um it's like 
but the thing about, like, about Biden, and they, they, they say it about Biden too. Like, I think Jabari, oh, I'm sorry, Jabari. Jabari is the, the cool one. Bacardi, Bacardi Sellers. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I'm, that's fucking Bacardi. That was I, that's, that's an accident. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I, I think it's like you know, Bacardi B. Anyway. Bakari Sellers, like he gets on, he gets like up on Twitter. He's like, ah, uh, you know, look at Brie saying that consistency makes her happy. Like, you know, that's that's a personal attack against me. I may not agree with everything that Joe Biden did in the past. And I'm like, okay, right? what Joe that's Biden that's does. It. I was like, I was like that 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 puts you at odds with Joe Biden because Joe Biden's out there to, like yesterday defending the crime bill, and like, and that's what makes Joe Biden fucking amazing to me. Because like every other candidate knows that like as part of Democratic Party's viability amongst like for like on these issues, they have to pretend like everything they did that fucked over poor people, everything that they fucked over that that, that fucked over uh people of color, that fucked over like every other group like you know that that didn't have the power to like demand they not be fucked over like that they have to pretend like that was like a, a you know a necessary evil to get them to this point where they could be a marginalized party at every level of government except for the house now because they, they were able to take that back but joe biden like he comes out there and you have like the operatives go like hey well joe biden evolved like i'm sure he's learned his lesson i'm sure he's very sorry about anita hill and he joe biden's like fuck anita hill uh the crime bill was good um uh and i'm gonna keep touching kids uh you can't stop me uh, you can't like. Uh, I asked this kid. Woo. They said it was okay. <laughs> like I asked. I asked this kid. Like he's so unapologetic about everything bad that he's done that he shows how vapid that entire net. Or rather, not how vapid. Well, it is vapid, but like how entirely divorced from the actual uh, contriteness, contri- the actual sort of like repentance of the the candidates that this meant to describe actually is. Like, yeah, he's 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 very much. Trumping the Democratic Party in that, like you know, the Democrats, the rhetoric around the the you know various uh, pundits and you know uh, the people that go on to speak uh, for their candidates and such, like they've he's exposing that what they're doing, yeah, as you said, is just it's just rhetoric. It it doesn't actually represent any substance or reflect the position of the candidate themselves. And then the candidate goes out and undermines what they're saying on one show or uh, on in one article the very next day or the same day or <laughs> within, you know, just a shorter period of time. And so it's it's it is remarkable. And I, I can I can understand that argument now that you, that you articulated why where the appreciation comes from. And, and I think that that is a valid point that he does like expose and demonstrate the vapidness shallowness the the emptiness of the rhetoric of repentance and uh recognition of error in that uh he the anita hill or the crime bill or the various examples that you listed all stand in stark contrast to the rhetoric of the democratic party and what they say we're heading towards and at best he gives them the a return to normalcy, but the normalcy of more of a 1980s Democratic Party than a new millennium. I, I mean, maybe I don't want to give people the wrong, the wrong, the wrong, um, the sort of the, the wrong idea. I don't think it matters. 
I don't think anyone is going to like actually wake up to like how stupid mm-hmm. this shit is, like how like how vapid this narrative is, just because Joe Biden is like actively poking holes in it. But at the same time, like all I can hope is that like people wake up to how ridiculous it is the idea that they're going to hold Joe Biden accountable mm-hmm. once he's elected. Is it's like I think I think that that particular aspect of this thing that like people in media, like people who have better media platforms than we do, like parrot uh, is is like is either willful is either they're either willfully ignorant or like or rather being disingenuous i guess is a better term for it they're either disingenuous or they're fucking stupid like we don't have any fucking capacity I mean, to trump hold should be demonstrating that to everyone yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's like yeah we're demonstrating that to everyone now like under the trump administration what happens when somebody just simply decides that they're not going to be accountable uh we have so much like you know we have in many ways in many ways once we started separating the idea of politics from power you know the idea of like talking about shit from doing shit it's like accountability what if it ever existed flew out of the window at least when it comes mm-hmm. to the institutions that we have now it's like because like all we can do is like talk about impeachment forget how you feel about impeachment like whether or not you think it's a good idea what you're not what you're not what whether you think it's a good idea because it will work and they'll be able to impeach him i'm not with you there definitely not because i just don't think that we have those kinds i don't think i don't think they would want to set that precedent no matter what he's done and you'll never find 66 senators to do it not even if democrats took the like one every race coming up in 2020 exactly i don't think i don't think yeah it's just not a good idea i don't think it's a good idea. i don't think it would work rather um whether you th- think it's a good idea in terms of like it's, it's politically optically a good idea like hey you know what if we drag trump if we drag this sort of impeachment hearings out if we do this stuff like we're going to show that trump is indeed a criminal yeah you're not going to teach anybody anything nobody's going to learn anything from that like, this is not even about like hey you know like people know trump is a criminal and they don't care this is more about so like trump is a criminal he's done lots of crimes uh broadly speaking some of them worse than others all of them like some of like all of them hilariously poorly executed like clumsily executed like he's like the fucking like if uh joe pesci of the wet bandits and fucking home alone became president it's like like, that's like that's what trump is uh but like only nerds like the same people who think elizabeth warren is so super compelling even though not they're not really close to reading all her policies uh which still even like even if 20 percent of her politics are, uh, policies are terrible they'll put her like heads and shoulders above the rest of these fucking clowns um like mm-hmm. only nerds think that people care about the law it's like you know the law is very different from you know the law as it's written is very different from the way the law is enforced i think we, we can definitely agree on mm-hmm. that right and it's certainly very different from like the morality that people feel right you know what we individually feel is bad and good right you know who deserves to be punished and who doesn't deserve to be punished and i think that generally speaking we have constructed a system going back to the way we've we've not only disaggregated power from politics but the way in which we've sort of you know we have disguised our culture uh, or rather we've disguised the fact that our culture broadly speaking lacks accountability it's just like we have insulated people in power from the very idea of accountability right and occasionally we end up in a situation where like you have a figure like trump or you have a figure like a police officer who fucking like shoots a black person like who shoots like a black fucking toddler in the back because they're holding a pacifier he's like i just i got scared it came at me like a fucking demon you know like he like he he fucking thinks that he's uh no, like I thought the pacifier was a fucking grenade. It's like I thought I thought I thought it was like just uh, I just I, I I lost my fucking mind, you know. 
and you know, and he gets off with like I don't know, with uh all you know all expenses paid vacation to Hawaii mm-hmm. for like you know saving the community from uh the world's worst like the world's worst baby, uh Allah, I think you should leave the, the, the funniest <laughs> show to ever exist. <laughs> Um, it's just like that offends certain people. It offends certain people's sensibilities. Not everyone, which is a fucking, which is unfortunate, but like it definitely, you know, the existence of Trump as like, you know, this criminal figure leading America offends certain people's sensibilities. Um, that the existence of police brutality, you know, as like the most excessive version of racism offends people's sensibility. The like the existence of like a Harvey Weinstein or a, a you know or a, a Bill Co- yeah Bill Cosby or a Louis C.K. Of, you know as like sort of the worst offenders of the sexual assault you know uh, sexual harassment Me Too sort of era offends certain people's sensibilities, but the underlying the underlying foundation the underlying foundations that prop up the systems that have a hard time holding these people accountable, no one seems to really have a problem with. And I spoke about this with Michael Brooks on his show yesterday, where I was like, you know, it's funny how people don't, they don't like, they don't make these connections between these, like these, these, seemingly discreet lack of accountability that exists in our society like hey men are you know men aren't accountable for transgressing against women uh white people aren't accountable for transgressing against against um against uh black people like you know it's easy to make those it's easy to make those sort of connections because like, i think that you know broadly speaking you can say you can put people like hey white males are allowed to fucking transgress against people of color and women and you know and like and non-white straight males but then you sort of you like you can extrapolate that out too and you can say hey, you know what but America, as this generally speaking oppressor class, like oppressor country, is allowed to transgress all over the fucking world. Mm-hmm. And like the same people who can recognize that, like, hey, accountability should exist for a Trump or for a Darren Brown or for uh, Harvey Weinstein, have a hard time understanding that accountability. They're, like, they're, they're the first people to get like confused by the idea that accountability should exist for America. They're the first people who are like, Hey, I, like, how can we have all of these redemption narratives for, you know, for Trump when he's when he's like he's talked about grabbing more pussy than Alf, you know? Like, how can we have all these redemption narratives for the police? From my reading, what I'm gathering is is essentially it boils down to uh, accountability threatening the system, and then the system defending itself by avoiding accountability, which is one reason why even from the very beginning, I never thought Trump was going to be held accountable because the system isn't uh, capable or prepared or doesn't have the capacity to be able to hold someone like Trump accountable. Like uh, for the entirety of the uh, Mueller investigation, I was just thinking is like the what's up so upsetting for everybody involved is that Trump is just supposed to be quiet, go along with it and let them clear his name more or less. And with, uh, uh, you know, essentially Mueller with the Trump's version of what Mueller did with her, the NFL with Ray Rice, which basically said the NFL kind of messed up, but nothing that reached a level where we can really hold them accountable for anything. That's that was always supposed to be the intention of the Mueller investigation to preserve the 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 
integrity of the system and the legitimacy of our democracy. And Trump just kept dumping all over it because he was Trump. And that's how he behaves is in a incessantly narcissistic manner that doesn't allow even a moment of the attention to be off of him or for him to be seen in a light that he finds uh, unacceptable. So he, he continued. And, and so like now the Democrats, because politically they set up a certain uh, situation and Trump crapped all over it the, they've been placed in this awkward position of well do we have Mueller come in front of us and tell us what we really don't want him to say or do we just admit that we this whole narrative kind of fell apart on us and we have nowhere to go from here and the problem they're having is that the ratings are still following the 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 story because people don't want to give it up and acknowledge or admit their their error or the 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 sacrifice that was made in the last two years of instead of organizing and focusing on things like climate change or uh, conflict in around the world or any of the other major issues uh, that threaten uh, society at the global scale, not just uh, nationally, uh, that recognizing what all that lost time, all that lost uh, effort and motivation and energy actually cost us is devastating. Just like recognizing how their role in the colonial system perpetuates the things that they rhetorically like to say that they're avidly against, be it racism or the various uh, types of oppression that we, that are experienced in the United States. Is, you know, this how you, this how you know you're critiquing power. This how you know you're critiquing like powerful structures. Like that issue, that, that issue might hold them accountable is treated as like not only a threat to the, the, the system or the status quo, but as a threat to the social order, mm-hmm. right? Like it, like the idea of holding, you know, the, even, let's say bankers again as an example. Like the idea of too big to fail is, uh, explicit acknowledgement you know whether it's true or not and it wasn't true like they weren't too big to fail you could do a lot of things that would make that wouldn't that would have corrected the problem that wouldn't have sort of sort of caused society to collapse right but like the idea of accountability for those groups or even when we're talking about the me too movement uh you know and holding sort of like even the worst offenders uh, accountable like hey you know like maybe you shouldn't be able to like you know, to like to grab your secretary's ass in the workplace you know maybe you shouldn't be able out to get like you know get drunk and take a shit inside like the new girl's cup mug maybe maybe like, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to do that shit it's like in all these cases and i would say i would also loop trump in here and i think i you know and this may not be you know this may not be when you're talking about the most excessive cases right it may not be what is the 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 narrative that you're hearing in your circles but at least in some circles right you know mm-hmm. the circles who are defending kavanaugh circles that defend trump the circles that defend any number you know the police when they shoot a black kid it's like the idea of like holding these people accountable and like this in holding the systems they represent accountable whether they be like legitimate institutions or structures like the police or like systems like whiteness or the patriarchy or you know like fucking the cis heteronormative blah 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 whatever you learned in, in second year fucking sociology you had you only have mm-hmm. like holding these things these people accountable holding these systems accountable would cause the collapse of society as we know it and you can sort of you can sort of like 
that can take the form of a many of different things. Like, you know, when it comes to the banks, like it would cause the collapse of the economy. It would just the economy would collapse in a way we've never seen before and we would all be dead. You know, when it comes to like me too, like it would it would lead to the end of people fucking. No one would ever fuck anymore. If if, if we if we don't let men sexually harass women with impunity, no one will ever fuck. Probably can't even date anymore. You know, when it comes to, <laughs> when, when it comes to like racism or the police brutality, it's like if we hold the police accountable for shooting black people, they're gonna be afraid to police black communities the way they need to be policed and then crime will run rampant and then you know you'll have a bunch of impregnated white women and white genocide will happen you know if i have my way that's what fingers crossed uh uh but you know like but it's always framed the same way it's like hey you know what this like this would cause the collapse of the social order but you know in these sort of in these excessive cases, like well, a case like Trump, it's like yeah, that may not be the narrative you're hearing on C and you know the on CNN, but you know with, within certain segments of the population who have affinity with Trump, you know, and I would say this is where you can sort of make an analogy to say, let's say a Tucker Carlson, where like a lot of people are saying, hey, we got to hold Tucker Carlson accountable because he's basically a fucking white nationalist propaganda, and by basically, I mean he he very much is a white nationalist propaganda on one of the largest networks in the country, and he's like and he's out there like talking about white genocide and talking about fucking like uh you know uh to to use a slur i'm not allowed to use gypsies uh invading towns uh you know he's, he's doing he's doing real nazism not just fucking he's doing nazi classic not fucking not neo-nazi not uh uh like you know well, and, he, and he's doing and, it dangerously well too so much so that he's able to at least capture it well, he's able to capture the attention of people that would at least uh uh, you know, identify themselves as being on the left, and and then listening to Carlson and not recognizing the danger uh, at play there. I mean, like, yeah, I, I think he appeals to a lot of people for a lot, a lot of reasons. I think that you know, the main reason is because a lot of things that he's saying are just hegemonic, and people believe them already. And so all it takes is even like a thin veil of left uh, of like, hey, also, like, yeah, uh, Negroes are bad, but also billionaires are bad. People go, oh, billionaires are bad, you say, right? <laughs> uh, it's like like the, the Negroes are bad thing. So it's like it's just uh it, it goes into the back of their head, and they go, oh yeah, like, I, I hear it all the time. You know, it's not a big deal. Like, it's not enough for me. It's not enough to perk up my. It's not enough to perk my butthole anymore. I hear it all the time. And and uh, they passively, like, subliminally, sort of agree with it. But like what facilitates, we just don't believe in accountability in enough situations. Like it's, accountability is unfortunate. Like. <laughs> It's not a it's not a blunt object, you know. It, it it can be it can be doled out like with care and consideration and nuance, you know. Not declaring Bernie a Klansman for eating fried chicken at a fried chicken restaurant, uh, but like it can like but like it does need to be doled out, you know. Like you know, prison abolition, you know, police, police abolition is not the abolition of punishment. You know, it's not the abolition of consequences, rather. Maybe abolition of punishment is sort of Foucauldian sense, but it's like it's not the abolition of consequences. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people sort of confuse the two. It's like, hey, there can be no consequences. There can be no, like, you know, accountability. Uh, it's a dirty word, especially for power. And like in the media, the centrist class, the people who elect Trump, Trump himself, are able to effectively convince the rest of the population, or at least a substantial portion of the population, that if you were to hold them accountable for their bullshit, society would collapse. It's like it's the you know, and we call and like and when and when it's men doing it, it's the patriarchy. When it's white people doing it, it's, you know, it's white supremacy. When it's anyone, it's rather it's racism. Like we have different words for it, but it really is 
at a flat level the same thing. It's like that, like changing the system would destroy society. So it's better to actually keep it like that. You can't destroy the system, the system without destroying society, which, you know, obviously is, you know, sort of true, but not in the way it's pretend. Like it, it won't lead to like a fucking Mad Max world. It, you know, it might cause a lot of people some a little bit of pain, but like it won't lead to like the devil. You know, we won't be fucking living in the sewers eating. Rats. No, but the exalted position of the colonist will be reduced to that of the colonized. And that is just as uh, atrocious of an idea as anything else that you mentioned for yeah, we get it. You read. <laughs> like, we, like we, we get it, Richard. You read. <laughs> we, we, we all, we all know you. Read. I, I just, it's and nice like, to be able to like actually put the words to the to the things that uh, we recognize. You know, it's it's frustrating sometimes when you see things and, and you try to articulate them, and then somebody uh, is able to interject with uh, by seizing on uh, a particular way that you phrase something rather than the idea itself which is, has more value and more truth to it than perhaps the articulation itself and so that's the that's the one reason one of the reasons I've been driven to read more but it's also it's it's very satisfying when you when you read something and you realize oh you know, this, what I'm recognizing isn't something that, you know, uh, I just discovered. It's something that people have been literally telling, uh, white people for decades and they just don't listen. So it's like the, the it changes my approach to what needs to be addressed rather than like, rather than a situation where white people are unaware of the injustice. It's more of a situation of the people in power, uh, basically accepting the situation uh, in exchange either for personal uh, comfort or for uh, some sort of monetary economic reward or uh, just because psychologically it, it's the only option that they've been able to uh, to arrive at. And so I find that I'm, le I'm less motivated to try and convince people of what I see as uh, being uh, recognizable reality and more on how do I organize the people that uh, already see these things and just need the, the language to articulate and the organization to put some uh, direct action behind the, the ideas that we're advocating. <laughs> Thank you, LeVar Burton. Uh, <laughs> ne next, next time on The Reading Rainbow, um, uh, uh, The Wretched of the Earth by Franz. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I will slip that plug in. Reading Revolution, uh, we're going to be recording soon, so the episode will be out soon. So definitely check that out and uh, check out the book. I definitely agree with you. Now, you know, if we're going to bring a book, so, you know, it, it's also like... Many people have different words for it. Many, there are many books that address address the same topic. You know, Mark Fisher's Capitalist Realism is another one. Mm -hmm. You know, another one that, I th that comes to mind. Because we were just talking about it the other day, where it's just like people don't appreciate like how like how like how much the things that are hegemonic neoliberalism racism sexism uh classism the patriarchy uh neoconservatism imperialism how effectively how effectively it shackles the mind to keep you from imagining any alternative right like what well, like, i think the quote in uh, capitalist realism is like it's easier for people to imagine the end of the world it's easy it's easy for people to imagine the it's it's easy for people to imagine the end of the world than if people to imagine the end of capitalism and it's like, and that's that. That rings true about a lot of different things. I mean, you say black people. I mean, you say white people, uh, and I agree with you. White people fucking are, you know, that they're they're in a league of their own. <laughs> but like, 
like, this applies to yes. other structures and other systems. It's like you know, it's like like niggas will go out of their way to defend capitalism to like with through a variety of mechanisms, including indexing other systems of oppression, right? So like this, like they were out there trying to cancel Marx last week, right? Like like they were out like literally. You had niggas like trying like tweeting about how Marx was canceled because he used the word Negro or some shit in one like, in one of his books or one of his like fucking pamphlets. Uh, you know, while I get while writing against slavery, while like you know arguing against like against slavery, you know, through like the lens of of communism. Uh, it's, it's, while at the same time, the, the motherfuckers probably had bump and grind on by R. Kelly in the back. Right. It's like 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 it's like it's like you know like this. I like everyone can sense. Everyone can call for accountability when like the when like when they're out side of the group that is being fucking impl- implicated by it but it's like the same like i said the same people who don't want accountability for like the america or rather people, people the same people who call for trump to be impeached for all of his like pussy grabbing and like russian crimes are in some cases the same people who are like once he becomes the avatar for like american imperialism are behind him 100 percent it's like, like they're the same people who like once he once he indexes a different structure once he stops indexing you know like there are plenty of liberals who like have a problem with trump when he is the avatar for like sexism and men not being punished for their fucking shit who like once he becomes the avatar for like america and america not being punished mm-hmm. for their shit are behind him 100 fucking percent exactly and it's like and i think it's that lack of self-awareness i mean we talk about white fragility all the time mm-hmm and it's just like, and I use the term white fragility, like usually you just use like white as like a sort of uh, an, an analogy for any oppressor class because it, it, ring, it, cause it rings true. It's like there, there's white fragility, but there's male fragility. There's American fragility. There's a lot of different fragility of people just like going through various types of mental gymnastics uh, to escape the psychological burden of having to like reflect on the ways like in which power, you know, they, they are actually in an oppressor class, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, and sometimes it's just like it going in one ear out the other. Sometimes it's escaping into various other marginalized identities. You know, sometimes it's like, Hey, you know what? I can't be a proponent of American imperialism just because I support coups in Iran and coups in Venezuela. I, I'm black. Yeah. It's, it's these are Good like, what the fuck you <laughs> these are the good con- you should listen coos is actually a slang term for vagina in the south someone's gonna cut that and like it's gonna make up their fucking ringtone oh nice soundboard yeah, yeah they're, gonna, they're gonna cancel you for that one richard uh but no it's like yeah like, it's like i don't like the i don't like you know i'm fine with like implicating white people in their bullshit but like we can't we can't engage like the democratic party's version of that where it's like we're going to implicate white people and, you know and we're also going to heavily wink that it's like it's poor white people <laughs> you know you know right. like with like the, with like with three brackets around poor mm-hmm. uh to, you know to really emphasize because like the good whites are like the suburban whites like the bad whites are like the bracket 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 working class whites and they're the source of all evil in the world mm-hmm. you're like Okay, it's like, but like, so like, you're a good white. It's like, like, yeah, nigga. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like, like, um, uh, I don't think. I was like, look, you know, I don't think you're allowed to say that one. You're only allowed to use whatever slur you are, and then like one step to the left. It's like, so if you're, so like, if you're like a Latino or a Latinx, <laughs> as as Dara says, you can say the N word. Um, you know, like, if you're black. I don't know. You can like, I don't know. What's the, what's worse than being black? Um, I guess this is 
Oh, being a lifter. You can, you can say bro. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot my own joke. Fuck. You know what? This this, is, this one got away from me. Let, let, let's let's wrap it up there. Uh, oh no! But one of the thing, one of the realizations that I made is that like in recognizing the systems of oppression and the larger structures that play and uh, how how I fit into them, that there's a possibility that if I'm understanding some of the stuff correctly, that there I depending on how things shake out in a just world, I might have to take my black ass back to Africa. Like, despite feeling and being as tied to this land as I feel anybody else is, it's not, that's the, the, the understanding of colonization means that it's not up to black people whether we belong here or not, despite not being up to us with coming here in the first place. And maybe there's more to it than that that I haven't discovered yet, but it's just like, it's hard to, it, that's a hard thing to confront. So I can imagine for white people, you know, it's like, oh, you mean this nice house, this family, this job, this car, this, all these things that I have, you mean I, I don't actually have a, a right to this and that it, the only reason I have this is because of an exploitative system that I have to either continue to perpetuate and defend or I can rhetorically attack while also in reality reality and in action indeed uh, perpetuating or i have to just leave those those are my options and and that that's not a comforting thing to to come across or to to try and wrap your mind around well what is within the realm of possibility of things that i can actually do and what actually delineates me from the colonist or from the oppressor in, in those ways and it, it's it's complicated and it's it's a tough, difficult thing to confront, and I I understand people's desire to avoid it, but the reality of the situation is, is that we can't afford to avoid confronting it anymore because it's literally going to kill us all. We have to do something. I don't know why I have to keep saying that, but I just feel like there isn't enough uh, concern about the future of us as a species relative to the threat that we face. Well, I mean, I think it's because a lot of people have been taught that they can delay the inevitable, like either through technology or by relying on kids. It's like, don't worry, the kids are going to, like, don't worry, the kids are going to save the climate. And then the kids get out there from, like, the Sunrise Movement, they're like, hey, we're trying to save the, we're trying to save the planet. And, like, Nancy Pelosi or Diane Feinstein or whatever, whatever those, like, decrepit old ass, like, white people are just like, fuck you, motherfucker, you can't even vote yet. And you're like, excuse me? It's like by by the time I'll be able to vote, the damage will be done, and there'll literally be nothing we can do to to save the planet. And my children and or grandchildren will be condemned to the extinction of our species. And they're like, "Yeah, but I'll be dead and rich." So tough shit. I mean, that what else can you want be, besides being dead and rich? I will say I can't go to Africa, both because of the humidity and because they assault my people. Uh, my people are very <laughs> oppressed in Africa, as like as the video of Arnold Schwarzenegger proved. Uh, yeah. You know, can't argue with facts. You can't. You can't, you can't argue with facts. You, like, listen, anti-lifter sentiment is a problem on the left and the right. First, they first they'll be show, they'll be throwing milkshakes at fascists. Then they'll be throwing protein shakes at lifters. You heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm.